The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? Can you make a change inside yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond? You know that no matter what the change is that you make, it does reverberate through the lives of the people around you. So no matter how small, it makes a difference. So for this hour, I'm asking you to pay attention. Really listen. Yes, you've created this world you live in, and how can you change the things that you want to change? How do you apply this to you? Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You can share information with other people, but ultimately, you are the only person you can really change. You are the person you are responsible for, and you are the person that can truly make a difference. And it's not by telling other people what to do, but it's by taking action in the world and within yourself. You are a being of light. As you create more positive light from within you, you will attract more positive light around you. And yes, I know you're busy. And we are all very busy. We lead very busy lives. But sometimes busy just means distractions. And distractions lead us away from our goals. But see, even in the busyness, you can stay connected to your light. You can stay grounded to the people, the values, and the actions that are most meaningful to you. What are the choices that you make in your world? How do you decide how you spend your time? Do you consider the impact of that decision? And how do you touch the lives of the people you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Let's start this morning by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for? Look around your world. See the blessings that have unfolded around you. How can you put yourself in gratitude this morning? You know, I still have that leftover glow from the folk school when I was gone for that week, and I'm still in that space of quietness and reflection. And even though I'm back into my very busy schedule, it doesn't matter because within, I have a peacefulness and a calm 
that still reflects from that time that I took for myself. I'm so grateful to have been given that gift. And of course, this is the time of year that I am more reflective on. I love the tasks of autumn. I love the fall harvest. I love the things that have to get done before the winter settles in. It feels both energizing and settling. This morning, our topic is about fall favorites, and our guest is Barbette Spittler. And Barbette, again, you've been here long enough. I'm not doing an intro. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Good, because I'm always uncomfortable when I hear that. So, hey, I'm really excited to be here. So, how is this season a part of your life? Actually, I think fall has been my favorite. It rivals with spring, but I just love fall. I love the colors. I love the intensity of those colors. I love the the preparing for the winter time. It, the, there's traditions. There's I I just I like that it's crisp. I'm not real fond of the ice cold and the wind, <laughs> but I do like, in, in our history, I was raised on a farm, and fall was the time of year that we were um, helping mom in canning and freezing, and there was a lot of prepping for the winter time that went on. And so I have a lot of great memories of all that activity, and I try to carry some of those into my daily life in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can so relate to that. And I think that for me, I, you know, and I said, I, I love the tasks of autumn because, you know, I, we had one beautiful day over the weekend before the storms came and blew us away. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know, fortunate, we were very fortunate in this area that we were not blown away, but there are many people who were and are you know, have much more than just a typical fall cleanup for them. They have to find new houses. Right. Um, and certainly our hearts and our prayers are with them as they uh, recover from that. In in that one day of beautiful, and it, it actually wasn't very sunny, it was a very cloudy day and it was a little chilly, but I love that crispness. You know, I I love the taking down the gardens because I I clear my gardens in the fall not in the spring and uh, the the composting that goes on and the the chewing up of the leaves and putting the leaf mulch down on the wildflower beds so that they can rest over the winter and be nourished in the spring and you know I just love that and there is a moment when all that work is done and there's not a leaf on the ground everything is neat and all the all the things of summer have been put away. And there's just this moment when it's like, oh, it's like closing the book at the end of a really good read. You know, it, it just, everything settles for me. <laughs> well, I have to say I love the way that you just spoke about those tasks. For many people, the intention is get them done because they have to be done. But the way you spoke about them and mentioned about the, the nourishment for the ground and, and you speak about it in such a way that it makes it beautiful. When we remember what we're really doing and why we're doing it, it changes the entire energy around it and it makes it not just a, 
a job that has to be done, but a task, as you called it, that has a beautiful outcome and it gives us an opportunity to return to the earth and make good with what we've been given on the mm-hmm. planet. Mm-hmm. This is probably um, the first year for me that I'm actually going to attempt uh, to w- a winter garden. Um, and I'm just kind of experimenting. My carrots are still in the ground. And, you know, my brother, who is a farmer, says, if you can wait, if you can be patient, you know, end of the season carrots are sweeter than anything else. So, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of harvesting them one at a time and using them as, you know, only as I need them. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep them a little bit covered and sheltered as the temperatures get colder and colder. Although I admit last night I forgot to cover them up. Uh, and, and I've covered, I've done a row cover over my Swiss chard because the plants are just so beautiful and so lush. I just can't imagine, you know, chopping them out just because it's fall. So I'm going to see how far into the winter I can carry them and still have fresh greens from my garden. Fabulous. I will be eager to hear how that goes. That's fabulous. <laughs> yes. I love that. So yeah. what do you, we, you know, we talked about, um, as we were putting the show together, about not only just the traditions, but the foods, too. Yes. And I just have to say, as, a, as, as my prelude to this, that as I was preparing my, in my notes for today, that as as I'm looking through recipes and thinking about traditions and things, for us in our family, things have become more focused on the foods being hot. So I'm thinking of your Swiss chard and your carrots, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, li- I'm listening to you talk about the carrots and how sweet they would be, and I went, hmm, how can I make those sweet carrots into a savory soup? Not sure that I would do that, but I would make those carrots into muffins or cakes, mm-hmm. pancakes mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would be a little bit more rich or savory but would bring the sweetness to what they're, hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm pondering and stealing food from your garden. <laughs> well, and, you know, carrots make a lovely soup. They're very sweet. You do have to um, add something to kind of counter that, either uh, ginger or um, nutmeg or something that kind of offsets that sweetness because they are, if you uh, grate carrots and make a soup um, of the carrots, it, it is a very, very sweet soup. It's... Um, almost as sweet as like a butternut squash soup would be. So I'm thinking cayenne pepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. You certainly could. <laughs> well, for many people, the, the traditions of winter are heavy foods. Mm-hmm. There are more potatoes, there's more pastas, there's more heavy foods. And you and I are not about the heavy things with with the heavy pastas and heavy creams and um so as i was looking at my recipes i thought oh my gosh i've i've changed so many of them from being more heavy to being hot meaning it's a, it's a more savory flavor but it's the flavors in the food that carry it through and not so much the heaviness of the ingredients in the food. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, and I think, as as you said, you know, both of us have kind of changed how we 
um, how we relate to foods and that we don't look for the, the heavy foods or what I call the indigestible foods um, that are so commonplace in the winter. You know, people tend to eat more breads and pastas in the winter. And yet for me, those are just, you know, I, I've, I've long thought that they were worthless foods because I would be hungry an hour later if I had a pasta meal. And now it's not that I'm hungry, it's that I'm over full and my body just sort of says, and what? Am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for the next four days, you yeah, carry around an I extra two pounds of liquid trying to get that glue out of your gut. Well, and for the next four days, I don't feel good. I ache or I'm sluggish or I just feel like I'm moving in slow motion. And I don't like that feeling. Right. So, so I think... Um, you know, thinking in terms of, so how do you make a, a satisfying, warm meal for these chillier days? Because it is getting colder. We're being told that by the end of the weekend, we'll be in the teens. And I'm a little resistant to that. That's the part of autumn I don't like. <laughs> you know you can't resist it too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to happen whether I resist it or not. So. <laughs> Yes, I will tell you my my thing is as soon as it gets cold, like it's down into the, the 40s, the low 40s, I'm looking for soup. Mm-hmm. I want soup. And I am not a, a good one to just open a can and plop it out into a pan and heat it up. I have to have soup that is flavorful. I would like it to be fresh. I am not a fan of high sodium, so I prefer to make the soup myself because then I know exactly what's in it. And I have a craving at this time of year for pumpkin soup, squash soup, Mm -hmm. mushroom soups, you know, the nice, flavorful soups. And if I find one in a restaurant, which would be very rare, um, I, by golly, will go back day after day after day and get it to go. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, I'm just making my own. And I I love, I I started about 10 years ago trying to find a good recipe for a pumpkin soup. And I could not find one that I liked. So I ended up making a recipe of my own. And I've done the same thing with squash soup. And I, I grew up on a farm and, you know, squash was something like acorn squash. We cut it in half, you scooped it out, you loaded it up with butter and brown sugar and baked it in the oven. And what's wrong with that? Well, some about that brown sugar probably. <laughs> but it wasn't, it was never, it, I don't know, I just felt like as a kid, it didn't have a lot of yummy flavor. Mm-hmm. And when my husband and I got married, I was introduced in his family to spaghetti squash. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him, there is no such thing. <laughs> and I found out, oh, yes, there is. Now, oh, yes, there is. his family did the same thing. They cooked the spaghetti squash and pulled it out of its shell and made this big pile of spaghetti squash, and they put butter and brown sugar on it. Oh. So what I've learned over time is that for whatever you do with spaghetti squash, or spaghetti, you can do with spaghetti squash. Yes, you can. And that, that, is, that I is find the fun fascinating. Part. Well, yeah, put a nice, rich tomato marinara sauce on there, and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've learned a lot about squashes and 
what things you can do with them and roasting them with like vegetables and making soups. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. <laughs> and I love that. Um, I love the colors of the squash at this time of year. You know, I love that more of the foods are the bright yellows and oranges. It just seems so fitting that our foods kind of reflect those same colors of autumn that the leaves turn, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> and that we get the wonderful, you know, vitamin A that maybe we lack at other times of the year. That You know, we kind of give our body this boost to go into the winter where there won't be quite so much light. Right. Yeah, good point. There, There is interesting theory, um, and I can't even say it's theory. It's so factual how we are, if we eat seasonally and you eat locally, that you are eating the lighter, fresher fruits in the spring, mm-hmm. and then in the fall you have the deeper, thicker, richer, heavier, um, more vitamin-laden mm-hmm. um, vegetables mm-hmm. for the fall. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of awe and wonder in that when you really stop and think about how God created the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how our bodies will naturally um, align with that if we allow that. You know, if we aren't looking for things that are thousands of miles away from us. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely and, true. Yeah, and I I know that it it takes some thought to alter your eating style to be more seasonal and to be um, more local. It it takes some thought to do that. Um, you know, this is the time when all the apple orchards have lots of apples, but uh, you know they're pretty much done by December. They, right. you know, they stop selling. Our, my um, apple orchard that I usually go to will stop on Christmas Eve. They're, they're like, okay, at that point we are done. Yeah. And you know, but then there are not apples then into the winter and the spring. So you have to rethink: what other fruit am I going to use, or how will I preserve that into the winter? Right. And preserving them was what we did so much on the farm. Yes. Yes. And what I suppose for many people isn't, um, isn't something that fits into their schedule or their lifestyle. But I think there are still ways that you can um, create those from the, the foods that are available, that you can create a seasonal kind of shift from foods that are available. Yes, I agree with that. It's a, it's a little more difficult when you're used to all summer having a farmer's market just, you know, a quarter mile down the road or a couple mm-hmm. miles down the road. And then that has stopped for us now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and now we're, we're back to doing the, okay, did I have it in the freezer or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> was I able to get something canned? And, and yeah, yeah, you really kind of just have to figure it out from there. Yes. Well, uh, Barbara, we're, um, we're pretty close here to our break time, and um, I think when we come back, we'll get a little more specific about some of those recipes, if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Is your body running on empty? Water is the main fuel source for your body, but are you getting enough? What about quality of the water you drink? Tap water usually contains many known contaminants and bottled water is considered dead water by many of today's health experts. So what's the solution? Mineral-rich alkaline water. Mineral-rich alkaline water solves the problems of acidity, poor hydration, and nutrient deficiencies in the body. Your body needs water and the quality of the water you drink can make a big difference in the health and well-being of your body. Why risk the potential dangers of tap or bottled water when you can give yourself the proven health benefits of mineral-rich alkaline water? Ready to make a difference in your health? Go to hydratefeelgreat.com and get your free trial of this amazing product. Let us help you discover the difference this mineral-rich alkaline water can make in your health. Again, that's hydratefeelgreat.com for your free trial. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to MaryBethLodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Barbette Spittler, and our topic is fall favorites, the things that we love about the foods, the recipes, and the tasks of the autumn. So, Barbette, we started to talk about um, foods and recipes. So, um, you know, when I make squash soup, I just cook the squash, and maybe I put some nutmeg or some cinnamon or something like that into it. But I bet you get a lot more elaborate than I do. <laughs> I think maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> I usually, when I make a squash soup or a pumpkin soup, I usually start with sautéing onions. And depending on the soup and who I'm making it for, it will determine how well I chop or dice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will end up throwing it in the blender or using my immersion blender and really smoothing the whole thing out. So it really just depends on who I'm making it for as to whether I leave it chunky like a harvest soup or if I really puree it out like a bisque. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually start with either an olive oil or a coconut oil and I will saute onions and garlic and I may add in some pepper, usually of color, like a red pepper or a yellow pepper. Mm. Or if I'm making my pumpkin soup, it's already got the yellow, so I'm going to either stick with the red or the green. Mm-hmm. So I'm going for color and flavor here. And so I will chop that up. I, I like to put celery in there. I usually dice that up a little bit smaller. And then I will add in my seasonings and a bay leaf and some vegetable stock. Um, If I'm making it for somebody who is not vegetarian, I can use a chicken broth. So it just just depends. And I will let that sit for a while. And then I can send you recipes, um, which I usually do before the show. 
I just didn't get it done. Yeah, I know. I I noticed that, but that's okay. We'll have that on the blog. (laughs) So sorry about that. Um, But then I add in pumpkin puree, and you can do the canned. You can do uh, one that you make for yourself where you peel the pumpkin and you roast it or you just slice it and roast it and then peel it out of the shell after it's roasted and puree that up. Um, Whatever works for you, then you add that pumpkin puree. Now, I like to add, and I know this is not good for dairy people, but I like to add in a heavier cream or a half and half. Um, I'm trying to think if almond milk would add to the flavor. I'm sure it would add to the flavor. I've not tried it. There um, are, um, I don't think they're almond-based, but there are um, soy substitutes for heavy cream. Okay. Uh, so there, there are um, kind of vegan alternatives for use of heavy cream. Okay. So I do that within five minutes of serving. So I just will sometimes for like the pumpkin soup smooth that out, and I don't put a lot in but enough to lighten up the color, add some richness to it, and it just, for me, it just makes that final little mmm that makes it yummy. Mm -hmm. Um, For other more savory, like when I'm making a a good, thick, heavy squash soup, I will not put the cream in. I will let it be nice and thick and savory. And I usually will roast some walnuts and chop those up. Oh, yeah, and chop those up and serve those on the top. Um, with my pumpkin soup, I'll use homemade roasted pumpkin seeds and sprinkle mm-hmm. those on the top. See, I like to have fun and be very creative and, and do things very differently. Um, it just makes it more fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But that's, that's one of the traditions of fall is getting these nice, big, beautiful pumpkins and either using them to decorate or making jack-o'-lanterns out of them. And as I taught my children when they were growing up, you cannot dispose of all the insides. There are seeds in there for roasting. And they make wonderful roasted seed snacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a that tradition. That really, really good for your brain. Well, I knew they were good for us, but I didn't know specifically for the brain. <laughs> yeah, the uh, pumpkin seeds are very have the nutrients that the brain needs, so they're they're very much a brain food, and that's a that's a good thing. <laughs> and they keep. And they keep. So after you roast them and sprinkle them with a nice little bit of sea salt, you can package them up and put them in the freezer, and just get them out when you need them, and you can have them all winter long. Yes. So, and, and there again, not to be wasting the pumpkin, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so, anyway, I, I will get these recipes out to you because I, I, I just have so much fun with them. Um, I think there's so many things that people can do with pumpkins and squash and, as you mentioned, the apples and using apples from from I know people will do um, holiday events with apples and use them to decorate or they'll use um, 
caramel apples, and and I'm not a fan of the caramel apples mm-hmm. because of I can't figure out a way to make caramel without corn high syrup. Fr- <laughs> right, I was going to say without the high fructose corn syrup that really is <laughs> yeah. not. Okay. I haven't figured that out yet. I'm sure maybe somebody else out there has. Um, but I, I I love apples and. I'm switching the topic from squash to apples for just a moment because... This is a good thing. Apples are a part of our fall harvest, too. (laughs) I have... I've known that there are many varieties of apples. And I know that some are better for cooking and some are better for eating and some are better for applesauce. And we discovered this year a brand I don't remember hearing about called Honeycrisp. And I sampled the Honeycrisp. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a little piece of heaven. Mm-hmm. They were not like your Red Delicious. And I think Red Delicious has changed over the years. I agree it, with you. I think they are less flavorful. I think they've become too um, too, too much the big harvest and the plants aren't being, the trees aren't being nourished. They're not as sweet. They don't have as much flavor. And they're actually getting a little more pasty, not crisp. Now, that's, a, that's exactly what my husband and I were talking about. They're a l- lot less flavor, and, and the consistency is different. And so we have been avoiding them mm-hmm. and looking for different ones. We found the Honeycrisp, and I took that first bite, and I looked at him, and my eyes were as big as saucers, and I went, oh, my gosh, there it is. There's mm-hmm. that flavor that Red Delicious used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. To the point where we bought enough of them that every time we walk out the door and we're getting ready to drive somewhere, we take at least one with us and we'll share the apple in the car mm-hmm. because it's so flavorful. Mm-hmm. Yummy, yummy, yummy. And I love to use apples in like apple pancakes. I love to, I have a recipe for an apple cake that was passed down through my family that is what I consider to be divine. <laughs> but you can chop up apples and put them in everything from your stuffing for the turkey mm-hmm. all the way up to gorgeous apple crumb granola pies. Mm-hmm. So, I, I love apples in stews mixed with um, the, the root vegetables. It just, you know, as you... As you stew those vegetables with the apples together, the flavor is melting. You know, that sweetness of the apple and still the little bit of crispness to the apple um, with the the earthier flavors of like parsnips and carrots and even some potatoes in there. That's okay. Um, and, you know, of course, I, I think in terms of of vegan recipes or, or no meat recipes, and so I might put lentils in there to thicken the stew, um, mm. and to, and to add the protein. And so, you know, flavoring that with, um, with the apples and then again, using the spices that might, um, bring out that flavor of the apples. It's just really fun. That sounds fun. I, I want to know a little bit more about that. Like what, how do you determine what your ratio is going to be? Oh, who knows? I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just doing the the chop and dump, and then when it's close, you you are tasting. Yeah, and oh, is this okay? And you know the the lentils, um, you can use um, yellow lentils or red lentils because they become more um, they break down more. So 
they're you know they don't hold their shape and so they they become like a gravy or a, a thickening to the stew. Um, but they also tend to have very little flavor. You know, they're just kind of there. And so you really have to add, and I like, you know, personally, I like pepper. So I do a lot of black pepper in that to really give it a little bit of a bite. And, um, and, and again, the sweetness of the apple against that pepper is really a, a nice contrast. Interesting. I'm going to have to practice with that a little bit. <laughs> That sounds like a, that sounds like fun, and mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very creative when it comes to what you call stew. Um, we usually just call it stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but because it, it it really is just a like what I would consider a thickened soup, but it is really much more than that. There's mm-hmm. so much more flavor and like you said, texture with those root vegetables and. If you are a meat eater, even putting in meat with there, that changes Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, you know, that kind of base lends itself. You can add meat if you are a meat eater. And, you know, and any form of meat that you're comfortable with would blend well with those flavors. Yeah. So do you leave them more chunked or do yes. you? Okay. Yes. Big chunks, like uh, maybe an inch. Um you know, I, I don't I don't make them small, so I make them in into big chunks, the kind that are bigger than your mouth can hold. So you have to cut them up as you eat. And <laughs> okay, see, there probably is part of the definition of stew mm-hmm. <laughs> versus mm-hmm. soup. <laughs> right. 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 Got yeah, it. I, I wouldn't think that that would work well for a soup, just because I think it would because you use smaller chunks and it would just all break down. It would be like. I don't know, apple vegetable sauce, you know, I mean, it yes. and you would lose the kind of the quality of the different flavors by putting it into a soup. So have you ever taken this stew mixture and considered putting it into a, um, a crust of some sort and make it like a shepherd's pie? Um, I do. Um, shepherd's pie. I, I never use a crust. Um, I simply put it in a deep, dish um, pan and cover it with the mashed potatoes or the mashed sweet potatoes and bake it that way. Um, I would emphasize more of the lentils and I might even add the green lentils or the the brown lentils that do hold their shape. Mm, okay. So that you have um, kind of the vegan substitute for the ground meat that is in the traditional shepherd's pie. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I know that some people make a crust. Um, in in my early life, I gave up making crust because I just, I'm no good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and then in your later life, you went, ooh, shortening, not a good idea. <laughs> well, shortening and flour and never mind. You know, yeah. <laughs> just in, and I don't enjoy the flavor of it anyway, so just never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, there. I know that there are other ways to make the the crust that doesn't have to have regular wheat flour, which we both know is so unhealthy, or the shortening, which is ah oh, should be mm-hmm. off the planet by now. Um, and I so I know that there's other ways to do it. But even even for me, if I make a pumpkin pie, I don't want the crust. 
Mm-hmm. So when my sister-in-law makes pumpkin pie, which is really very good, I eat the pumpkin pie part, but I leave the crust because mm-hmm. I know there's nothing good in there, and so why am I going to put that in here? <laughs> right. Yeah, I've experimented a little bit with um, using ground nuts for like a pumpkin pie as the as the crust. Um, I'm not very good at it, but, it, you know, it, it's a route to continue to experiment with. Yeah, there's, and now that people have this thing called Pinterest, which I've never been on, but I hear a lot about it, there is an endless opportunity to find unique recipes, um, normal, I'm going to call normal recipes, and I guess I had a friend who told me that there must be like 10,000 different kinds of pumpkin recipes on that. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't been there. I haven't experienced it. Someday I'll grow up and get on it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually, you know, I, I like to look at recipes sometimes. Just it's a, it's kind of relaxing for me. And um, I was on food.com last evening and looking at their, you know, they had their seasonal, I think they hooked me with an email that said, you know, Thanksgiving desserts or something like that. And, ooh, something sweet? Okay, you got my attention. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I was in there and, you know, there were probably 15 pumpkin something recipes, um, most of which I wouldn't do. But, you know, there were three different pumpkin pie recipes, all the way from, you know, the quick easy one to the made from scratch one, you know, oh, cook wow, your pumpkin yeah. first and puree it and, um, and then, you know, do all this stuff. So, you know, you've got a whole variety of different opportunities for what's your level of ability and your time. Yes, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how fun is that? Mm-hmm. And I love pumpkin. I love pumpkin. I love finding different things to do with it from donuts to pancakes to casseroles and soups. I mean, you can make them sweet. You can make it savory. Pumpkins are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkins and apples, they're like our our gift to the planet. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, um, we just have a couple of minutes here till the break. I think that, um, you know, one of the things we haven't talked much about are the breads. Um, and so I think when we come back, we'll just have to share one or two of those bread kinds of things that you can mix your vegetables into and still make it um, comfort food, you know. <laughs> just yes. The, just the, the sweet thing the, you were just talking about, that Yeah, sweetness. the sweet thing that doesn't have to be terribly sweet, but could be a sweet thing or could be, a, you know, just a, a little added thing. Very good. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just got a text message of someone who had um, pumpkin chocolate muffins that were divine. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that sounds divine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, send us some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll be talking about that and when we come back from break. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you dehydrated? Dehydration is a primary reason for daytime fatigue and can dramatically slow down your metabolism. 
Just a 1% to 2% drop in body water can impair your mental focus, concentration, and physical performance. Beverages that contain caffeine such as colas, coffee, or tea actually stimulate fluid loss and promote dehydration. Today's modern lifestyles have also led to dangerously low levels of essential minerals and electrolytes for the vast majority of people. Highly esteemed Nobel Prize winner Dr. Linus Pauling said, you can trace every sickness, every disease, and every ailment to a mineral deficiency in the body. Now more than ever, we need mineral-rich alkaline water to help protect our bodies from many of today's growing health problems. Are you ready to make a change? Go to hydratefeelgreat.com and get your free trial of this amazing product you simply add to water. Let us help you discover the differences mineral-rich alkaline water can make in your health. Again, that's hydratefeelgreat.com for your free trial. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Barbette Spittler. Our topic has been fall favorites, and we've just been having lots of fun talking about the foods of fall. And Barbette, before we went on break, I um, said we just we have to talk about the breads and the kind of the the sweet things that you can do with squash and pumpkin and apples and um, all that stuff. And of course, right before we went on break, we had a message there from. Um, someone who shared that they had just had pumpkin chocolate muffins. And, and I instantly thought to myself, well, you know, I'm pretty well known for my chocolate zucchini tea bread that I make and that, you know, gets plastered all over Facebook every month when I go visit my mom and I bake. And, and every time I see it, I think, hello, where is mine? <laughs> <laughs> right. I get a lot of those comments, actually. <laughs> so, I'm sure you do. Yes. All of a sudden, my friends come out of the woodwork when I'm baking. I I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the homemade. Truly, it is when we see friends on Facebook who are baking from scratch. Everybody, everybody notices, and and for some reason, it is that homemade from scratch draw. And I think probably it's because not everybody does it anymore. Right. Right. It's it's absolutely fascinating to me, the convenience thing. I, I saw somebody had posted on Facebook they were baking cookies with their kid. And in the background of the picture, I thought, that's a package where you take things off, little squares off of a tray and put them on a baking sheet. Right. That's yeah. not baking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can call it, you baked cookies, but you didn't make them. And then they have preservatives in them and gross things. Yes. And they don't taste good. <laughs> Yeah, good <laughs> they point. Don't taste good. They good point. Don't so your your recipe though with the chocolate and the zucchini. But it's you know it's a basic. I mean, you can switch out. Like, like I have a standard muffin recipe that 
um, I can switch out what the vegetable is. So I could replace that zucchini with carrots. Or I could replace that zucchini with pumpkin or squash. And, you know, I actually have. You know, in the summer when our gardens get overflowing with things like yellow squash, the summer squash, that don't keep for more than a half a minute. I, you know, you pick them, you cook them. You, they, they aren't going to live very long in your refrigerator. And so sometimes there's just too many. You just There aren't enough squash recipes to, to get down all of those things. So I will shred them just like I do with the zucchinis because, you know, zucchinis are evil. They take over the garden and they, they grow in places that you can't find them until they're way too big and then they come out and get you. <laughs> <laughs> but they have great blossoms for pumpkin or squash blossom sandwiches. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, when when the zucchinis are, are overflowing but we're just never going to be able to use all of them, I just run them through my food processor. And I package them up in two-cup packages because it's two cups that you need for the zucchini bread recipe that I use. And so I have that then in the fall and in the winter when there aren't any zucchinis anymore. But my mother, you know, she's kind of partial to my zucchini tea bread. And so <laughs> and she does pout if I don't make it when I'm up there. And she also is has been known to ration it so that it lasts until my next visit. Oh, now that's funny. (laughs) Or or worse, you know, when two weeks after I've gone, she says, I'm out of zucchini bread. Oh, my gosh. God love her. And you send her some, don't you? (laughs) No, I just say, well, gosh, Mom, I'm really sorry, but you didn't ration it long enough. (laughs) Obviously, your slices were too big. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. And there's nothing in there. That is bad for her. Oh, of course there is. I mean, <laughs> what could possibly be bad? Okay, you use something to sweeten it. I use sugar. Okay. And I use flour, and those are probably not the healthiest things in the world for our diets. But you also aren't supposed to live on a bread like this. <laughs> you know, it's it's supposed to be. A treat. It's not supposed to be something that you make a meal of or, or even that you have every day. I mean, you know, freeze half the loaf or, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly a treat. It's not something that, um, you want to just, again, make your lifestyle around. So you mentioned that you have a basic muffin recipe that you use to start with. What other varieties have you done with that? Well, I've done, um, I've switched out the carrots. Um, sometimes I, I'm trying to think of other things that I just throw in there. It just really depends on, you know, what's the garden got and what did I freeze over, over the winter. Um, but any of the root vegetables really, um, you can throw in there. Um, parsnips, very, very sweet. Um, sweeter than carrots, actually. Um, and shred the same way, and you know they don't have as much color. Of course, when you throw carrots into a recipe, you know it because you can see the orange in there, um, in, in the bread or in the muffin. But parsnips are white, and so you know if you have somebody you're trying to sneak vegetables into, and you don't want them to know what you're doing, parsnips are a really good way to do that because they don't know. Okay, I just made a note of that because I I can honestly say I don't recall if I've ever tried a parsnip. Oh, I know, you know it's like true confessions on your radio show. Well, 
that's okay. And I think lots of people have never tried a parsnip because they don't know what it is and they don't, it's not a common thing. You know, I mean, if you, if you look at the, the produce areas of large grocery stores, you know, what do you find there? A lot of lettuce, um, in packages <laughs> that, you know, lost its nutrients, uh, before it ever made it to the truck to ship it from California. Um, <laughs> Well, we're in the East Coast, so that would be true. If you're in California, you've got more nutrients there. Um, uh, There's a lot of lettuce. There's broccoli. There's cucumbers. Again, they are not in season, and so they got shipped from somewhere. Um, There's carrots and celery, and there's some bell peppers. And people know what to do with those things. But if you really look, there's beets. There's chard. There's parsnips. There are things that are not common. You know, you don't find anybody. If you go to a restaurant, you just don't find anybody serving parsnips. And so people don't know what to do with them. It's only been recently that people have experienced like mashed cauliflower as a replacement for mashed potatoes. Right. And discovered that, oh, gosh, that's pretty good. (laughs) Well, yeah, but see, they're not common. And so I don't think you're unusual in saying I've never tried a parsnip. My mother grew parsnips, so we had parsnips. <laughs> sure, wow. And and parsnips can be used in that same way that I talked about in stews, where you chop them up into you know small chunks, um, and you mix them in with other vegetables that have color. And yes, a parsnip is white, but that doesn't mean it's without nutrition. It is similar in in nutrient value to a carrot. It doesn't have the high level of vitamin A or beta-carotene, but it's still, you know, it has good, healthy nutrients for you. And mixed together, carrots and and parsnips as a side dish, just with, you know, butter, saute a little onion to give it a little flavor, they're they're lovely. Wow. I have been (laughs) schooled. I'm excited to go try some. I know I'm being serious. I think that I... I'm pretty excited. Well, you know, that's how that's how we learn about anything. Right. You have to hear about it. You have to see it. You have to experience it. Somehow you have to be introduced to it. I'm not going to say I would walk through the produce section and go, hmm, I need to try that today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there were other vegetables that we grew that we just automatically used and that I never heard of being available in uh, grocery stores um, that I found in farmers markets over the summer, you know, things like kohlrabi. Um, we always had kohlrabi and it, it almost never made it to the table. In fact, it never made it to a meal, <laughs> you know, because uh, r- literally with my siblings and I, we would fight over it. You know, it, it would, it would come out of the garden. We would scrub it, peel it and chop it into chunks. And it was a race to see who got it because and it would be gone in an instant and and we ate it raw now i've seen all kinds of recipes for cooking kohlrabi i can't imagine how would you even get it to the stove it would be gone before you (laughs) i love that that's fun so um other recipes that you're thinking of with um for breads that use the fall harvest well there is probably eight different variations of using pumpkin in breads. And mm-hmm. and I love that. I love the texture. I love the flavor. I love that you can make it sweeter if you like. You can make it less sweet. 
and and maybe make it what you call a tea bread. Um, I love that you can do that with cranberries. Cranberries happens to be probably one of my very favorite things about this time of year because you can do so many things, like with squash and apples, with cranberries. And, again, putting them in savory soups or stews or like a, a stuffings or side dishes, even salads, and then using the cranberries to make a cranberry nut bread. Or I have a cranberry salad that we make that is fresh ground. I mean, we literally run it through the hand crank meat grinder. Um, I did I did graduate in the 80s to a, you still feed them in by hand, but it, it's a blender that has a meat grinder attachment to it so that it is mm-hmm. more electrified, <laughs> but it's still, it, it's a sound that in our family on Thanksgiving morning reverberates mm-hmm. because everybody knows I am grinding cranberries, and we mix those cranberries in with chopped walnuts, and it used to be when I was a kid when my grandma made this, she made it very sweet, so there was a lot of sugar, there were even many marshmallows in and whipped cream in that. And, of course, I've taken out the sugar and the mini marshmallows, and I still add in um, a little bit of homemade whipped cream to smooth it out. But it is it is tart because it's those fresh cranberries. But when you take those fresh cranberries and you grind them or chop them up and put them into one of these breads, oh, my golly, there's so much good flavor in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you can be very creative, and now I've seen in even in old cookbooks there are a gazillion recipes out there for what we called sweetbreads. Mm-hmm. I but then when we were growing up on the farm, we learned that sweetbread also also can mean something else, having to do with animal organs. Or right, <laughs> right. Never mind. We don't want to go there. <laughs> so for us, sweetbreads always meant like pumpkin bread and apple cake and and uh, cranberry nut bread, but yeah, those are those are fun. Well, Barbette, I want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun, and hopefully our listeners enjoyed it as much as you and I did. Then um, got some really good ideas for the fall. For that, we've inspired some creativity in the kitchen and for family gatherings, um, and some healthier choices for nutrition. So, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Mm. And so for our listeners now, I, I want to remind you that, first of all, we have a new sponsor, which uh, you heard the um, ad, I'm sure, during the time. And you'll find on our website that um, we have a sponsor with um, alkalized and mineralized water. And also on the, the website, you can find the blog recipes where Barbette has promised she will give us her, her recipes. We'll have them posted by the end of the week. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Go out there. You make it a great day because you deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.